And welcome to Fortline Social's podcast interview with Andreas Kisser, the lead guitarist from Sepultura, Brazilian metal band. Uh, my name's Charlie. It would be a short and sweet interview. We talked from the origins of Andreas's music career, a bit of origins of Sepultura itself. Uh, we delved into the 90s, arguably his bigger breakthroughs. I hope you enjoy the interview. How's um, how's life? How's it been treating you the past six months or what, however long? Yeah, well, here in Sao Paulo, Brazil, where I live, um, it's going slowly, you know, the dealing with vaccines and the whole thing with the COVID and stuff. But um, everything's fine. I got my first shot. I'm going to get my second shot in September. Uh, working towards, you know, bringing back the tour, uh, especially in Europe right now in November, December. Hopefully that will happen. We just announced the North American tour for 2022. So uh, it's great also to have this new album that we're talking about. And uh, it feels good to, to be back uh, working again, you know, towards the, yeah, no the touring and et cetera, because uh, it's been too long without playing, without jamming and stuff. So, uh, but yeah. besides that, everything is great. You know, uh, it was great that we managed to to create and to produce, you know, something out of it, out of the pandemic yeah. situation and et cetera. It kept us alive. It kept us working mm -hmm. together. And uh, it was really good, you know. Yeah, kept your brain busy, kept you active. Let's start from the beginning. Let's start from right the grassroots. What, what made you want to be a musician? Could you have a poignant part of your memory where you just went, this is what I want to do. This is... I want to see my life. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, you know, loving music in general. My family uh, listened to a lot of music at home. My father listened to a lot of Brazilian country music, a lot of classical music. My mom had like a, a variety of albums. You know, she had like one album from Bee Gees. She had Hell from the Beatles and um, a lot of samba uh, artists from Brazil, you know, Brazilian music and samba and all that stuff. So... Music was very common around the house. And my grandma has an acoustic guitar that she played a little bit, like a folk, Austrian, and Slovenian song. Songs. She, she came from Slovenia to Brazil, oh, wow. you know, after the war and stuff. So that's where I, I started dealing actually with music and grabbing a guitar and, and seeing her making, you know, some chords and stuff. And uh, actually, I started uh, learning music with her uh, guitar, which I still have here. You know, my first instrument and stuff is very special. That's but of course, listening to the bands, you know, music like heavy metal, especially Kiss and, and Queen, you know, my favorite bands in the beginning. And then Kiss came to Brazil in 1983, you know, and uh, I went to see the show and that changed my life, you know, forever. I, you know, just that experience to have that. The, it was the Creatures of the Night tour. You know, it was the last tour they used the makeup before they, you know, change a lot, the yeah. visual and et cetera. And that was very strong impact, you know. And um, uh, so I, I really went for it for, you know, very serious and studying the instrument and jamming with my friends. And and that was it, you know. I think the, to have that impact, to have that feeling, which was so rare in Brazil, was very hard to, to see shows happening especially yeah. that magnitude you know kiss and explosions and fire and etc so um it was very strong and and then in 85 rock and rio happened uh which you know queen again came but he came iron maiden and white stake and ozzy you know scorpions those were the All bands the i love you know at the time yeah so that was another push you know hey here's the way <laughs> and you thought I want to be on that stage. That's follow, me. yes. 
Yeah, and it. we were, you know, in 1991, we were playing at Rock and Rio, you know, so it was really from 85 to 91, having a band and joining Sepultura and stuff, you know, in 1991, we were there, you know, it was... Was that a bit of a made it moment for you when you almost, almost came a bit full circle, you're like, wow. Exactly, yeah. I remember myself there screaming for Ozzy and Scorpions, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you you have your, you know, people screaming for Sepultura, it's... Uh, it was very special for Brazil because we were kind of the first band that had the possibility. You know, we played together with Guns N' Roses, Megadeth, Queensryche. Uh, you know, it was a, a, a huge, big show. And, yeah. uh, and we were there opening the day, you know, like very hot. And we played half hour. But the, the, the reaction from the crowd was the first time we played Orgasmatron live, you know, our version of Orgasmatron. And uh it was amazing, amazing feeling, you know, to play at your home, you know, to your home country together with those legends and uh, and being respected for that. You know, I, I remember backstage, Rob Halford came to talk to us and, you know, meeting the metal god for the first time was it was amazing. And he knew already about Sepultura, which was, you know, blowing oh, wow. up. <laughs> yeah, it was really crazy, man. And uh, and of course, that's a big motivation, you know, for, for us to keep going yeah. and stuff. And uh, it was great. So uh, going back to say, your, uh, your parents listen to Brazilian country music and then your, your grandmother was uh, Slovenian music. So what made you go, I want to try a bit of metal. I want to listen to this. What made you pick up an, a metal album or listen to your first LP or whatever? I don't know. I just like rock, you know. Uh, I remember Alice Cooper came to Brazil. Uh, it was the first rock show that happened in Brazil in 1974. I, I was only six years old and I was watching TV with my mom and stuff. And I, I saw the, their, uh, the ad, you know, Alice Cooper in Brazil and stuff. And it showed him with the painting and the snakes and other stuff. I was scared, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that, uh, that's something that I never forget. You know, that, that, uh, that was a job, you know, that was like something that you could make money and it can really do something with that. Because for me, I mean, you know, I didn't have any idea. I was six years old and never seen anything like that, you know. So Alice Cooper was really an eye-opener, you know, that that was uh, available, let's say, you know, that yeah. was possible. Um, and I don't know, I, I think I like rock and roll. My neighbors, you know, an older neighbor have a, a great collection of albums, uh, especially Queen, you know. I learned a lot from Queen, from mm. him, and friends in school as well, you know, a few guys there, hey, you like Def Leppard, you know, you like Ozzy, ACDC and stuff. So, you know, those groups were starting to get... Uh, to know each other and learn about new bands that we never heard uh, before, you know, especially mm. that scene that was starting, you know, like uh, in 83, 84, like Metallica, you know, Venom, uh, Hellhammer, Slayer and all that stuff, you know, like exchanging cassette tapes. And that for me was exciting, you know, I always loved the distortion sound. And once I got my first pedal was a Boss DS1 distortion, the orange one. It changed my life for better, <laughs> you know, because I could re reproduce that because once I start, you know, looking for a guitar and amplification, start to learn how that shit yeah. works. I didn't have any idea of about distortion and that, et cetera. I didn't know where it came from. Where is it? You know, where is it? And then I learned about the pedal and I bought the pedal and stuff. And 
and the distortion was really something special you know that um, um if you if you go to play different styles like especially classical music so you, you have a lot of set of rules you know oh you have to sit like that and you have to do like this and you have to you know yeah. so uh rock and roll and metal was always yeah like a free spirit you know and yeah. and that also i think that drove me you know to to heavy metal mm. you talk about like metallica and you talk about these all Great huge bands that everyone's heard of in the Western world. And you talk about obviously your band, which is the biggest metal band in Brazil. So what was it like touring with them? What was it like touring with these idols that you've heard of? And you go, I don't know. Now I'm sitting on a bus next to him. Yeah. What was that like? <laughs> I, you know, when you when you start, you have dreams. You know, you, you always dream, oh, I want to meet this and I want to go play some festival. I want to catch a plane to New York or something, you know, like those, those dreams. And, and um, I'm, I'm so privileged that we, we, I mean, we achieve a lot more than I, I could dream, you know, during those days. That's, uh, I always say that reality is much better and stronger because it's real, <laughs> you know, and, and once uh, we, we start touring the world, we saw that they, you know, we, we were bringing somehow something different to the scene, you know, to the metal scene. Mm. I guess being Brazilians, having a, a, a different taste in music, and Brazil is a very musical country. You know, uh, we know how to party. We know how yeah. to make music uh, in, in, you know, samba and many other different styles and stuff, you know. And on football games, you know, music is very present always. And uh, so it's very natural. And, uh, and I think we brought that kind of feeling to, to extreme thrash mm. metal music. And... Um, and it's great we when we met our idols, you know, starting with Rob Halford and then Ozzy Osbourne and Hatfield and Lars Ulrich and all the Bay Area bands and stuff and Slayer, you know, they they knew about us, you know. We were really already had Benito Remains, you know, Arise. Touring for Arise, we met a lot of people. We toured with Ozzy for the first time. We played Rock and Rio. Uh, you know, we went to Australia, Japan for the first time. So you really opened your yeah. your possibilities and Brazil's a big place but the world's bigger isn't it yeah it's fantastic you know see how how they act backstage and how they deal with sound check and all that stuff we learn a lot you know observing only observing how they they do their stuff you know and it, so do you think again, you've got like a, um, a sense of responsibility now for bringing such a metal scene to brazil which was all like you say very very niche in the time and now yeah. you you're a multi-million viewed and listened artist so do you feel like you've got this responsibility for brazilian up-and-coming bands in your yeah, job i think that's uh that's uh inevitable you know it's something that uh, uh it's great i mean it's a great feeling there's so many bands that mention sepultura as an influence to start playing music to start having a band especially with women here in Brazil, you know, a lot of women are, are going, not only being singers or playing keyboards, which was like, you know, uh, women only, you know, go there, but actually playing yeah. guitars and drums and bass, amazing vocalists, you know, and uh, writing lyrics, doing all the stuff, you know, that uh, why not, you know, they didn't have the chance before. And I think heavy metal really opened a lot of possibilities for, mm. for women, especially here in Brazil, you know, um, also, the internet, I think it, it really opened, a, it was more democratic, you know, you see um, different uh, styles of music, different instruments used to, to, to play heavy music, like we did with the Brazilian percussion, for instance, you know, so yeah. uh, 
I think it's great, you know, that Sepultura actually brought something new to the style, which was very rich already. <laughs> Fresh. So, uh, yeah. And we only used our culture. You know, we were natural. We, we kind of didn't have to invent anything. We just have to, to use new elements that were so common to us Brazilians, mm. you know, and, and heavy as well. Because if you go to Carnaval parades that we have in Rio and stuff, like 200 people playing uh, acoustic um, percussive instruments together, you know, and stuff. So it's very powerful, very heavy, you know. So the only thing was missing was the distorted guitar, and that's what we did. And uh, yeah. we start messing around with that, and and on KUZD, and especially on Roots, you know, we really did uh, use a lot of the Brazilian, not only rhythms, but also melodies and, and stuff to, to, to write heavy music. Talking about KUZD. I literally, maybe an hour ago, got back from the gym and I listened to that all the way through and never worked out as hard as my entire <laughs> life. Sweating, I was like, yeah, this is it. Awesome. <laughs> that was, that album, arguably, really catapulted. That was a real bit breakthrough, wasn't it? What were, what were your thought process behind that? What went Definitely. into it, obviously, was had a lot of social economic uh, input into it. Is that what you intended to create a message, to send it out there? Yeah, Chaos AD, I think we were in an amazing momentum. You know, we had a, an amazing uh, label working, you know, with a lot of trust, a lot of confidence, investing in our dreams, you know, really. Uh, we want to go to England to record where Black Sabbath recorded. We went to Rockfield Studios, you know. Actually, Queen recorded there and all my idols and stuff, you know, our masters. And we were there recording at the same studio, the same equipment and everything, um chaos ad also was a consequence of the almost three years touring for arise like i said you know we did rock and rio we yeah. met all the great bands we went to australia japan you know we toured with ozzy we toured with ministry i mean really in three years we really grew up so much not only Big as people floor, but especially went. as yeah especially as musicians and and stuff you know so in chaos ad we were really uh, doing a Sepultura album, let's say, up to Arise. I mean, we were a lot compared to other bands, you know, of the same style, because we really were a lot influenced, especially Slayer, you know, uh, who didn't steal from Slayer, you know, <laughs> we did. <laughs> and, uh, but touring, I mean, it, it really it, it helped us find our own identity. And Chaos AD is that, you know, I think Chaos AD was the first album that really here. This is what Sepultura is all about. You know, we, yeah. we are heavy, we are from Brazil, and, uh, you know, that's, that's it. And Chaos AD really opened huge doors for Sepultura, and, um, and really we play Castle Dawn, into, you know, headline fantastic tours and stuff. It was really amazing, you know. Uh, it was a, a learning and a growing experience that was really fast, starting with the, the Rise Tour, and then, you know, like I said, with the label full support, you know, we wanted to go, whatever, recording the moon, no problem, let's go, yeah. <laughs> you know. So we had all the, the conditions to do our dream work. Well, you know, Joyce, that was fantastic, yeah. So you talk about, like, your studio and recording these holy grounds of heavy metal, and you talk about your touring. Which do you find is your home ground? Where, where do you really go, you know what, this is what I love, or is it just 50-50, depends on the day? I mean, we use so many different places throughout the years and the best place is, is the place that you are, you know, yeah. 
it, it doesn't matter if you are in a studio. Oh, I wish I was in the other studio. I mean, mm -hmm. it doesn't work <laughs> like that, you know. Once you're there, you, you make the best to make it happen. And that's the challenge of a professional musician, you know, to make it happen. I mean, we toured the world, uh, more than 80 countries in 37 years. And a lot of the countries didn't have uh, the, the structure or was missing equipment and etc. But we made it happen somehow, you know, yeah. and, and that's where you learn and that's where you grow. That's where you get better. And uh, Probably more fun doing it as well, just throwing what you fun, can. Yeah, exactly, can. exactly. And uh, in the studio is the same. We use the, the great studios like Rockfield. We went to um, uh, Malibu to work with Ross Robinson, you know, Andy Wallace and, you know, recently in Sweden with Jens Borgren. Uh, so, I mean... If you have, of course, the producer will say that I have conditions, technical conditions here to achieve sounds. Yeah. Great. That's all we need. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we go for it. We go in this adventure together with the producer and we create stuff together uh, there. You know, of course, we write, we make the demos and etc. Once we go to the studio, the producer helps to finish everything and to present the right way to, 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 mm -hmm. to our fans, you know, so... The best places there is where you're at at the moment, you know, and you have to make the best always. So you, Sepultura, you're huge. You've done it all. Like, name a country you've been there, name a vocal you've sung it or you played on guitar. What keeps that engine burning? What goes, I want to keep on doing it. I want to keep on writing. I want to keep on playing. What stops you from going, ah, oh, right, take it easy, lads. Rest on your lows. What keeps <laughs> it ticking? No, I mean, it's exciting. It's a privilege. You know, I love what I do. I love what I, uh, I, you know, I love music. I love to be on stage. I think this pandemic situation, it really gave us a, a different perspective. I had to to really to readapt myself, being a, a father, being a husband, um, you know, being a son, you know, dealing with stuff that I, I was always traveling and stuff, you know, and uh, yeah. every, every day is a new challenge. I think we create a new sepulture every day and that's what keeps us alive. You know, a new day yeah. is a new day. It, it's fantastic feeling when you have your fire here and not really lost in the past or really anxious for the future, you know, yeah. which we had a lot of problems today, especially with youngsters, we know, with this anxiety of, of getting mm. things too fast and etc. you know, so, uh, yeah, just, you know, relax, breathe and live the moment, you know, that's, that's, that's what keeps us alive and motivated, you know. Yeah. So what's next? What's, uh, so you've got your tours coming up, uh, North America 2022, was that? Yes. Yeah. March 2022. Yeah. It's uh, everything it's announced and uh, we're working very hard for that. Unfortunately, of course, uh, it doesn't depend solely on us. You know, we are ready to go. We have the show ready, but we still depend on vaccines, uh, which type of vaccines we were accepted in, in the countries and borders and all that stuff. So, I mean, the most important thing is to, is to be safe, right? Yeah. So let's make sure everybody's safe. And you got to look after crowd. the fans. Yeah. The crowd. We, we have to enjoy. We cannot watch a rock and roll show like concerned, you know, about no. the side and stuff. You have to be free, you know, we have really to express. And so make sure, let's make sure we are safe and then do it right. You know, so yeah. uh, in that respect, daily, you know, working, uh, listening to the news, the changes and etc. Let's wait. But um, so far, the tour is up, you know, uh, November, December in Europe. Hopefully that will happen. And of course, the North American tour. We have the new album, Sepul Quarta, which was recording during the pandemic situation. 
with a lot of special guests and stuff that is coming out now in uh, August 13th. And um, not far, not far, not far. Yeah. So it's great to talk about new stuff. So new album, let's talk about it. What is there a track on there that you're really excited for that you've had a lot of influences influencing? Yeah, I mean, this album that is coming out now, it's um, it's not original songs. It's just like new versions that were recorded in the pandemic uh, situation, like everyone at their own houses. You know, we did for the event, um, we call it Sepul Quarta, which is Sepul Wednesday. Every Wednesday, we'd have this event to talk to our fans and to perform our music because we couldn't play, you know, we couldn't tour. So we kind of created this event on the internet. Every Wednesday, we have something new going. And at the end, we organize this the songs on the album so there are 15 songs 14 songs from sepultura which uh you know different guests like dave allison and scotty ian and alex koenig uh devin townsend some brazilian musicians you know here as well and uh phil campbell we do in orgasmatron you know a new version with him from motorhead yeah. and that's very special you know to have motorhead with us um phil is a great friend uh, Motorhead is one of the most important bands for Sepultura. You know, some vocalists, they send some, their vocals recorded in their bathroom, for instance, let's say, you know, and uh, drummers recording and, and sending their audios, recording their yeah. backyard. And stuff. It was really homemade, you know, and, uh, and it was sounds great. Did you find? No, it was easy. Actually, it was much easier because uh, it's fast to send audio and, and video through the internet and Dropbox or WeTransfer or whatever it is. And um, very easy, you know, because we don't have to set up a studio, rehearsals. Everyone is at their home houses. You pick up like a, a, a in the afternoon, record the stuff and send the, the audio to me, you know. So yeah. it was very easy. It was very easy, actually. And uh, technology really uh, provided us with that possibility, you know, to build an album, which is very new way of, of working a new album or new music, whatever it is. And um, we, we're glad, you know, we have this. So Simple Quartz is going to be out in August 13th by Nuclear Blast Records. And um very happy that we managed to create something on this yeah. pandemic, you know, time. The fans are too, man. The fans are. Beautiful. <laughs> How do you think uh, the music industry handled, it, handled this pandemic? How do you think, like, in England here, a lot of people criticise the government for not giving money to the arts, especially for the smaller bands coming up. How do you think that happened maybe in Brazil or worldwide? I think the music um, uh, community, let's say, I think it, it did great, you know, uh, in the sense that created possibilities, especially using technology, you know, doing lives and uh, interacting with the fans in, in the Instagram or Facebook, whatever, you know, and uh, more than ever, because didn't have meet and greets we didn't have the backstage we didn't have the tour we didn't have that communication with the fans that we have often you know when we are on the road so i think uh, i think all the bands did great like collaborations you know jamming like we did the album as well and uh it's um the the crew also managed to to keep going somehow you know even without concerts uh, doing the live shows, you know, was uh, less uh, demand, but uh, it didn't stop, you know. Of course, some places had to close down and mm -hmm. um, some people, you know, uh, was uh, uh, without a job or without the possibility of, of uh, doing their job. But um, 
governments are always criticized, you know, especially, I mean, here in Brazil, because we're Brazilians and we know the chaos, chaotic situations always is. And especially now, uh, the music and culture are always the last, you know, to be thought about, to be held, you know, yeah. it's fucked up. I mean, a lot of people stayed home listening to music and, and watching mo movies. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, everybody would go crazy. You know, <laughs> yeah, once you go to work, just go to work and come back and not enjoy the art. You know what I mean? Exactly. No what you exactly. listen to or what you watch, you've got to have it in you. It's so in that sense, I think uh, overall, the governments overall could help a lot more, you know. And uh, But in Brazil, it was chaotic and we didn't have basically anything. I mean, we just have to do it ourselves. And, uh, and in you know, we're kind of surviving the situation and hopefully we're back on the road soon that we can, you know, boost the, the business again. And like you said earlier, Brazil is such a vibrant place for culture and music and colour. So, like, it's good that you've got that community, you've got that, every Brazilian has that in them to go, let's crack on, let's keep the music alive, you know what I mean, let's keep it going. It's a... Uh, it's really nice to say, actually. Brazilians have the, the worst and the best as well, like any anywhere, you know. So when the best start to work here, it's great. We have great people that are really unite and, and really try to help. Now we have a really cold week here, you know, very cold for the Brazilian standards, of course, but it's very cold. And a lot of homeless people, you know, on the streets, they don't have a choice. They don't have, you know, a blanket. They don't have uh, anything, you know. So uh, the artistic... Um, uh, let's say community, you know, the musicians and stuff, they're, they're, they're doing a lot of stuff to try to, to, uh, to help them, you know, make, to make yeah. a, a night better or, uh, you know, food and et cetera. So I'm being a part of many different projects and situations in many different ways. And uh, it's great that we have conditions, you know, to help a little bit, somebody that's really in need, you know? So uh, it's great to see that in a situation like that, people really get united and we know a lot of people here, so we're trying, you know, to do whatever we can. Uh, last question before you get rid of me. Uh, what was the record that changed your life? What was the one that you thought, this is a bit of me, this? Yeah, I have to say Queen, A Night at the Opera. You yeah. Know, my, my first album, actually, I bought in vinyl, and uh, it's, it's a masterpiece. Still oh, today, yeah. You know, all four members, composers, you know, writing songs and doing that stuff. It was recorded at Rocket, Rock, uh, Rockfield Studios, the same that we did KOZD. And they have Bohemian Rhapsody, which is, you know, how can you, I mean, it's everything there. Classical rock, yeah. blues, <laughs> jazz, <laughs> you know, it's fantastic, you know. So uh, that album is really uh, amazing. Every, till today when I listen, you know, it's like a, a first experience almost, you know, it's fantastic. Well, that's all, that's all we need to do. Uh, glad to hear from you. Uh, good luck on the new album. Thank Good you very much. Keep Thank you safe. You and, too. Uh, yeah, we'll look forward to seeing you again sometime. Who knows? The world's a small place. You've seen Same us. here, man. Thank you very yeah. much. Stay safe, man. Ciao. Peace out.